The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you longing for a place where hope, ideas, and new ways of thinking can arise? For nearly 50 years, Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, has been a gathering place where world-class teachers provide innovative educational experiences that cultivate extraordinary potential in us all. Join us, either on campus or online. To learn more, visit eomega.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Hey there, and welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. Thank you for being here. This is show number 46, COVID-19 Sniffing Dogs with Maria Godavage. Yes, we're getting right to the heart of it. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master and practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healing Reiki sessions on Zoom, on Skype, or over the phone anywhere in the world for people and animals because energy transcends space and time. And Reiki helps you de-stress and relax your nervous system to strengthen your immunity. There's more on my website, charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. And while we're in this pandemic situation, still shelter in place as we record this at the end of April of 2020, it's still incredibly important to boost our immune systems. And that's what my sponsor specializes in, increasing immunity. Purium, that's Purium, P-U-R-I-U-M, as in pure premium, organic, plant-based superfood supplements. And they have a product for people and animals that do all this. They pull the poison glyphosate out of your system. Their product, Epigenius for Dogs, has the joint strengthening ingredients that I either would buy separately or I was trying to buy separately so that I could put them in her food, like velvet antler, green-lipped mussel, curcumin, boswellia, white willow bark, MSM, alfalfa, and more. And that's all the, the ingredients that I realize work on joints. So I've been taking them too, but it's so much easier to have them well, actually, to have Purium source all the products, and it turns out it's actually cheaper that way because they can buy it in a bigger bulk than I can. And it's quality. It works. Go to ishoppurium.com and put in my code to get a 25% discount. My code is MindBodyPause. ishoppurium.com, code MindBodyPause. Thank you for being here. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, and pandemically. My guest is a tripeed attender. This is her third episode with me. Maria Godavage is the author of the amazing new book, Dr. Dogs, How Our 
Our Best Friends Are Becoming Our Best Medicine. She's considered one of the foremost author experts on working dogs. She's a former journalist for USA Today. She's written three critically acclaimed New York Times bestselling books, Soldier Dogs, Top Dog, and Secret Service Dogs. You've seen her on national TV all over the place, including The Today Show and my favorite, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Maria lives in San Francisco with her yellow lab, Gus, among other people. <laughs> because Gus is a person. Welcome, Maria Godavage. Hi, Charlie. It's great to be back with you. So happy to have you back. Your book, Dr. Dogs, just came out in October of 2019. It goes into so much detail about the amazing ways dogs are on the cutting edge of science to help people with medical conditions and disabilities. And we did two whole shows on it last year that I advise everyone to go back and listen to. You have a chapter in your book on superbugs and viruses, even like SARS. And this is before we knew that COVID-19 even existed. But now there is news on COVID-19 and dogs. Give us some update. Well, um, when I wrote that chapter, I had absolutely no idea that we would be facing a pandemic. I, I wrote a small bit in the chapter about the possibility because, that because of dogs' incredibly sensitive olfactory systems, their sense of smell, that they may be one day able to help uh, prevent epidemics from becoming pandemics or to contain pandemics. Now, I, that was kind of just a little idea, and a couple of scientists had talked to me about it, so I put it in the book, and now here we are. So um, back in February, I started checking to see if some of the top researchers who are working on dogs uh, detecting things like cancer are looking into this, and some of the best universities and research centers in the world said, yes, we are we are just beginning to, to think about this, and uh, it's starting to happen in England, in uh, the United States, in a couple of places. And I just spoke with some people in Iran who are working on this with dogs. And the dogs are um, incredibly sensitive to all kinds of scents. And, and the thought is that while viruses are extremely hard to detect compared with bacteria, they are, they are going to be able to detect viruses if uh, taught to do so in a certain way. It's all positive training. It is all rewards and treats and toys and, and praise. And, uh, and the dogs look like they may be able to do it because they have been able to detect viruses in laboratory settings. And again, these are happy dogs, usually pet dogs who come in for the day, highly trained, and they've been able to distinguish viruses from other viruses of similar families of viruses. So um, there's great hope. Now, nobody knows for sure, but um, today I just got big news from the University of Pennsylvania uh, Veterinary Working Dog Center. Very, uh, th this is a probably, it's probably the top research center in the U.S. for, well, there are a couple, for working with dogs detecting disease. And um, the, I, I know uh, Dr. Cindy Otto, she's the director and founder of this. And uh, she's been telling me about the fact that they, they're going to have some exciting news soon. And um, they're just begin. they just released their, they just had a press release come out and uh, the world may be moving one step closer to be, being able to rapidly screen people because of some of the work they're doing there. They're just embarking on a multidisciplinary study to see if dogs can detect COVID-19 in 
first in laboratory samples, like in, um, in samples of um, saliva and urine, and then if they can then extrapolate that and see if they can detect it on real people. And if this goes well, um, this could be a game changer for places where large numbers of people pass through, like hospitals, airports, eventually, who knows, malls, workplaces, and they can screen um, a facility in England that's doing it, says up to 750 people an hour, again, if goes well. It's just think about the dogs in airports who sniff for explosives. They're just standing there or going by you with your baggage, and it would be that kind of setup where they would be able to just let people go by, and then if someone has something that uh, the dog detects and they would have further testing. They wouldn't necessarily be allowed to pass through uh, airport security or they would have to get checked before going into a hospital. And um, this is really, really big news. And this team is incredible. They've got coronavirus experts um, and, and they're collecting samples and everything is done extremely scientifically, safely, and um they could be, they said that um, if the dogs can detect COVID uh, in the laboratory and then on people, they could be screening live humans by as uh, early as July of this year. And again, that would just be incredible and change so much that we're dealing with. Dogs would be just giving us this new hope that we really haven't felt for a long time. This is amazing. So we're talking about um, as early possibly as July 2020. This is mind blowing. Here we go again. Dogs to the rescue. Animals come to our rescue and save us ignorant humans. Once again, (laughs) I'm talking with Maria Godavich, author of the new book, Dr. Dogs, How Our Best Friends Are Becoming Our Best Medicine, available everywhere. Um, So and once again, I want you to mention about the laboratory conditions where dogs work because this isn't one of those horrifying situations where dogs are being mistreated and abused. This is a situation where dogs love to sniff saliva and urine and poop and, and all that yucky well, stuff. Yeah. The, that's the thing. I went around the world with <laughs> doctor dogs. I did this research and and yeah, dogs, uh, dogs are, first of all, yes, what dog doesn't want to smell poop and and urine for a living. But um, these dogs are generally dogs who are volunteered by their people who um, just want them to be working. And the dogs have to be really highly motivated for treats, for toys. Dogs who really don't care that much about them. And there are dogs out there who just, you know, they're like, yeah, that's nice, but nah, I'd rather just lie here and watch TV with you um, or snuggle with you. They're not going to be able to do it, but but there are so many uh, dogs who are motivated by these great things that dogs love, and they, they pick the best of them. And dogs, in general, the breed doesn't matter as much as that drive. Now, you'll see a lot of Labrador retrievers and some Goldens and um, normal, the dogs you see as scent detection dogs in the military as well, like um German Shepherds, Belgian Malinois, doing work uh, with their you know, olfactory, great olfactory systems. But they've shown that just even mutts and, and smaller dogs that you wouldn't typically think of as detective dogs can do this work. Now, at the University of Pennsylvania Working Dog Center, the Veterinary Working Dog Center, these dogs are foster dogs. They're dogs who are um, rescued. Sometimes they're being fostered. They may be pet dogs of other people. They may... There may be some 
who um, are, are created for this kind of work. And they are, this team being assembled is a team of eight Labrador retrievers. They're yellow, black, and brown. So they've got all types of Labrador retrievers and they've all proven to be very motivated by rewards. Now, when I was at University of Pennsylvania watching uh, dogs do their work, there were German shepherds and a number of other breeds. There, what I was seeing was amazing work being done with dogs detecting ovarian cancer. As you probably know, ovarian cancer is extremely hard to detect early in humans. There are no tests that are really good and accurate and dogs could be the gold standard if they can work out um, a few things. In fact, the dogs will lead to a really easy to use, inexpensive and accurate technology so that you don't have to have dogs detecting it in the long run. The goal is for dogs to be able to lead to technology where um, you can breathe into a tube or give a quick urine sample. And, be, and because physicists and chemists are working with the dogs and what they find, they're, they're kind of talking to each other in a, in a really unique kind of way, working back and forth. They will be able to tell, um, I, I think, I hope within a few years to be able to have some really good information on detecting ovarian cancer early and they are detecting it in a single drop of plasma sometimes compared with um, even benign ovarian tumors. They're picture a carousel uh, with a, um, uh, something with uh, it's low to the ground and dogs just walk around it and it has very, a bunch of like eight arms on it and each one has a port and the dogs will walk around and there are all kinds of samples of different things and there could be a sample of a drop of plasma for a woman with ovarian cancer and then um, benign ovarian tumor, uh, plasma here, and a few other samples, the dog who is really well trained will be able to sniff out that cancer in such low quantities. And so the fact that they can do that gives me great hope that these same people, the same researchers and, and more being brought in for this will be able to get the dogs to smell the ovarian, uh, the um, COVID-19 virus and then to detect it on people. And again, when I saw them, and this is typical of what they do, these dogs uh, go around the carousel. If they, if they don't smell something that's there, they just don't get the reward that time. And they get to go around again. The, The samples are mixed up. And when they do detect it, they are, they are praised to heaven. They're just like, good girl, good girl. And everybody loves them. And and they get, they in, at the University of Pennsylvania, they were getting to pick out their favorite toy from a big old box. Uh, sometimes dogs get a treat. It just depends on the facility and also on the dog. So it's all really fun. It's a game. And the fact that dogs could be saving thousands or millions even of lives just by, you know, having fun, just having literally having a ball uh, while doing this research and while doing the job is so hopeful. It's just such a feel-good story. And I, I, I just so really hope that this works because the world needs this right now. And the fact that we might have some answers um, as early as July or even before is great. There's another uh, research center called uh, Medical Detection Dogs in England, and they've already embarked on their work. They're probably a couple of weeks into it, and they're having a similar timeline. They're working with some very impressive universities on this. And there's a said one in Iran, there is another one in the United States and some smaller organizations, including one right here in the Bay Area called Dogs for Diabetics um, that has some very good scientific protocol and they're working on getting samples. So 
it's happening around the world and um, in a few other places. So let's keep our fingers crossed because it's all very promising. And again, the dogs love their work, which is the most important. Don't picture beagles locked away in cages. This is dogs having fun and usually you know, just going home at the end of the day. Well, this can save our livelihoods, our sanity, um, because people are crowding on the beaches and the parks and, of course, trying to get in stores where you can actually shop, stores that are actually open. And think about having an adorable little testing unit like that, a dog stationed, you know, at the entrance to a store. So people actually can go in to a park, to entrances, to the beaches, to, to just so many areas where we need to get out and be able to work and gather. Uh, That would make all the difference in, in the way we can live our lives. Um, How do, as the dogs are, are testing this and sniffing it out, how are they being kept safe? Right. Um, so there are safety protocols that are being developed um, and that there, there are um, in the proof of concept phase for uh, one, one uh, study at the canine performance sciences at the Auburn University. Uh, they are, biosafety is paramount everywhere, but they've worked out a way to, um, to capture the viral target odors and sterilize them. So they're a safe level. Um, and, and I think, I believe the other ones are doing the same because the dogs and the the trainers and then in the future, the handlers uh, have to be able to be doing this work safely. Now, I'm not sure once it gets out to the public what the safety protocol will be. I just, um, dogs, it's very, 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 very rare for dogs to to get COVID-19, but I just read a study... um, about a pug, uh, sorry, a new, some news about a pug in North Carolina who tested positive for the virus that causes COVID-19. And um, his name is Winston. He's part of a family where most of the family members had the virus. I believe uh, the, both parents are in the medical world. And so most of the people in the household had it. And the dog did display some mild symptoms, but everyone seems to be doing very well right now. That said, um, you know, exposing the dogs to this by, we all expose our dogs to this by taking them out. Anyway, I take my dog, I live two blocks from the beach in San Francisco. I take him there. I take him to parks. We, I can wear a mask. He can't, he doesn't anyway. He'll probably eat his mask because he's a Labrador retriever, but there, <laughs> this is like the dogs aren't going to be getting any closer than they, they might just walking on a path in a park. Um, that's my, that's my view of how this will go. But I, I would say, it's probably more dangerous for the person handling the dog. So I'm, I'm not sure what, what that will look like, but uh, something else really interesting that's going on in, I, I have a brand new, I have a brand new, as of this morning, early this morning, um, Facebook page. I have my normal Facebook page where I post my news is called soldier dogs, but I have a brand new one. If it's okay to talk about this, because oh, it's, it's called Dr. Dogs news. So um, Dr. Dogs, plural news. And um, I, I ran across this, fascinating story about robo dogs. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Boston Dynamics, but Boston Dynamics is this famous robotics company that does these strange looking robots that do amazing feats. They, you've probably seen their robot dog named Spot who can run in a weird way. It looks kind of uncanny valley creepy in a way. And they've got, but it's, but the work these 
these robots have potential to do is really life-saving. Right now, um, there are like these robotic doctor dogs who are being tested with doctors interfacing remotely with patients at COVID testing centers. Um, they are, they have this dog, you know, picture this um, machine, like this long body and these legs that are, um, I can't even describe them. Just look up Boston Dynamics uh, spot or, or dogs and you'll see what they look like. Um, not your typical cute and furry dog, but their head in this case is a tablet. And on this tablet is, um, you know, it's like a, a computer tablet. And on this tablet is the a doctor, a real doctor, a face of the doctor who is working remotely. And the doctor can interface with the people coming to these testing centers to ask them questions and not be right there. So this is one step in the direction of dogs being used in a completely different way to, um, to help triage sick people patients. And in the future, they're looking at these robot dogs being able to help um, collect information from patients like body temperature, respiratory rate, pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and um, by having things like thermal cameras attached to the to the dogs and, um, and everyone is really safe that way. And then uh, eventually they want the dogs to also be able to help disinfect areas. Now, again, these are robot dogs, but I just love the fact that Spot is being used in this way. And the a picture that I have on my Dr. Dogs Muse uh, Facebook page shows one of these robot dogs, yellow, yellow body. And the, there's a real like the face of a real doctor with glasses and a beard on the head on this, this robot dog. So it's really strange looking, but that people are more protected by using these dogs is, is just sort of um, emblematic of what people will be if this COVID-19 research goes well. But I want to see a dog face on the tablet asking well, me these questions. <laughs> well, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Because it yes. might be a little less daunting. I, I was thinking if I was sick and in line at one of these places by myself, I'm not so sure <laughs> that that would be a very comforting sight because you see these things with these spindly legs that the the um, the um their little knees go backwards and it's a strange <laughs> sight. I might think I'm hallucinating, but, but it is, yeah. So maybe one day there will be a little head on there that will be able to just talk to the person. But for now, it's a kind of a cool development. But in the meantime, we're hoping that the, the doctor dogs working on this research with the COVID-19 will, will come through uh, around the world and that that this training will be able to spread. The, uh, these places are probably going to make their research and their techniques known so that other organizations can use these. It will be more transparent than normal research because this needs to happen around the world if it works out. So we could be seeing this. And again, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up super high, but I am hopeful because some of the best places are doing this research. So if it can happen, this research is in really, really good hands right now. And you can keep up with this latest news at my Dr. Dog's News Facebook page if, if that's of interest. Of course it is. So back to the robot dog, you know, if they did put a dog face on the tablet, that would definitely make it more child friendly to be able to talk to children if you know their parents aren't there to help give the information and they need to understand what's wrong with the child. I would think a child would open up more quickly to a dog face asking them about different issues and different things that are that went wrong. Yeah, well, this would be in a testing center, so typically, sure. um, you know, but, but yeah, but as 
if these are deployed, for instance, in hospitals to go into a room and, and talk to a child or something that could really be helpful. But again, the body of these robots, <laughs> it's just, there's no way to make it look cute and fuzzy at this oh. point. Um, so maybe in the future, no, no, you, you definitely take a look at my page and you'll see that. Okay. Probably. Like that would walk into my, my room in, in a nightmare. However, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I can handle it, especially if I know. Um, but there, at, at uh, my book, I went for my book. I went to um, Budapest, where they have really great research going on, and they have a lot of robotic hope for canine robotics, for social robotics. They're, they're building robots, not necessarily to look like dogs, but to act like dogs for things like. Um, old age, whatever they're called, um, senior centers and care centers where people cannot uh, really interact with people as much as they want. And they're taking on the how dogs act. So these robots might not look like dogs so much, but they might act like dogs. They might come up to you, check in with you, look at you from across the room, but they are designing them to be kind of cute. And I think um, that might be the operant word here if there are going to be more, more robotics involved with COVID is to make them somewhat appealing um, and easy, easy to work with. So that's, uh, it's just, it's amazing what's taking off regarding this. And I think it, this disease, as horrible as it is, will push us into really new ways of thinking, new ways of looking at technology, at looking at our resources that can, we've seen good come from this in many aspects of this tragedy. And this could be another way with, with dogs and really respecting what dogs bring to the game across the board, what, how they're helping us every day. My dog, Gus, is helping get me out in nature. I think that's keeping me healthier and keeping me more stress-free, blood pressure down, maybe a little less apt to, um, to get this. Who knows? I, I, I'd like to see some studies going on about for people who have dogs versus people who don't, or pets in general, um, to see if, um, if maybe they're a little more immune to it and maybe don't suffer the more serious symptoms. Of course, that could have everything to do with uh, socioeconomic status. And who knows, there's so many, there are so many um, issues involved with studies like that. But I'd be really interested to see if there is a difference. Exactly. Because as we all know, animals do help us so much. And when you lower your blood pressure and are able to lower some stress and just relax a little more, it boosts your immunity. So there are so many things to look out there. Oh, Maria Godavage, this has been fascinating and exciting. And your new book, new as of October 2019, so it, it, it's been out for a little bit, um, is just fascinating and it, Dr. Dogs, How Our Best Friends Are Becoming Our Best Medicine at mariagadavage.com. Also check out Dr. Dogs News on Facebook. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. If you need some de-stressing and immunity boosting, do some Zoom Reiki with me for distant healing for you or your animals anywhere in the world. Over Reiki or Skype or the phone, go to charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. And you can find past shows there as well as on my page at Empower Radio. And thanks to my sponsor, Purium, for their pure, premium, organic, plant-based superfoods that boost your immunity and actually pull glyphosate out of your system for you and your dogs. Go to iShopPurium and put in my discount code, MindBodyPause, and you'll help the show survive. Thank you, Brent Carey, the founder and CEO of Empower Radio, and Tony Faccini in the studio in Detroit. Take care and remember that no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you're doing the best you can. They know it and chose you anyway and love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time. 
Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.